Hey everyone, and welcome to the South Carolina Grower Exchange Podcast. Every week, agents, specialists, and growers from around the state chat about what's happening in the field and discuss the latest crop weather, insect, disease, and weed issues, as well as timely reminders and information related to fruit and vegetable production in South Carolina. Remember, you can read weekly field updates and register for upcoming events by visiting the SC Grower blog at sccrower.com. All right, good Monday morning, everybody, and thank you for joining us for this week's edition of the um, South Carolina Grower Exchange. We had a chilly weekend all across the state, and we've got agents on here this morning. We're just going to give kind of a little rundown of what we saw of course, it's way too early to tell exactly how much damage we have, but over the next few days and, and weeks even, we'll definitely be assessing what that damage um, what that damage is and what it looked like. I'll go ahead and start with kind of the Aiken-Edgefield area. Of course, our peaches in this area are ranging from full bloom to petal fall for those early varieties and um, not looking great for them. I'll go ahead and say that we, we got down pretty cold. I was watching one of the weather stations. Well, a couple weather stations, but one of them hit 21 um, and stayed that way for at least an hour. Um, I have another one that updates more frequently than that. Um, and it got down to 22 on that one, but I have to go back and check kind of the hourly rundown, but Either way, it stayed really cold for a long time. So we definitely got some damage, but don't know how bad it is just yet. Hopefully some of those later varieties will be okay. Um, we'll just definitely see some damage on those too, but hopefully not as much as the early varieties. But strawberries, everybody got them covered. We had a couple of growers that tried to um, ice theirs. And again, we'll kind of wait and see once the temperatures warm up and assess those damages as well. Zach, how about your area of the state? What's it look like for y'all? Well, I think we were probably warmer than the most, uh, the rest of the, the state, even though we got down to 26, 27 on some of the islands. Um, I think the duration of the cold, you know, was, was a big deal, you know, six to eight hours in that below freezing range. Um, Kind of hurt things. Strawberries, most growers covered. Um, so I think we're fine there. I talked to a few growers this morning and, you know, they were taking row covers off and, you know, we're very optimistic about that. Blueberries, however, not looking good for us. Um, rabbit eye blueberries were in full bloom, um, depending on the variety, what stage of bloom they're at. Um, but they got smoked pretty hard. Um, and then the high bush blueberries that we have um, had little BB size to even dime size berries on them. Um, and they're soft and gray and mushy looking this morning. So it's not looking good for our blueberry crop. Um, the biggest, I think the biggest damage, I mean, the cold was bad, but I think the wind was, was worse than the cold here. We had 45, 50 mile an hour gusts. Um, so, you know, it was, um, I got a couple pictures from growers of row covers and trees um, that blew uh -huh. off. And so it's hard to frost protect you know, when you got flapping um, covers. So that was bad. And then, you know, some plastic that we had laid got blown around, even drip tape blown through the field. So the wind 
you know, for us probably cause more damage than the cold. Um, but I just want to encourage growers, you know, to assess the damage um, and make sure that you're protecting for diseases because going forward, anything that we have left in the field or for next year, that serves as a perfect inoculum for, for disease. So um, again, time will tell how bad things are, but I don't think they're great for the blueberry or other crops. Yeah. Yeah, I know that wind, um, I noticed a lot of haphazard row cover blown all around this morning as well. Justin, how about your area, the Midlands? Uh, Love Weather Station in Lexington got to 23.9 degrees. Um, we haven't had a chance to really look at strawberries yet because we had another near freezing event this morning. Uh, so row covers are still on the fields and tucked in tight. Uh, we did have some pretty strong wind gusts. Um, similar to Zach, the strongest wind gust our weather station recorded was 51 and a half miles an hour in Lexington. Um, and our row covers, um, well, our growers did a really good job of getting row covers on the field and, and keeping them secured. A um, couple of fields I looked at this morning, they had rock bags about every three feet. Uh -huh. And when they ran out of rock bags, they were throwing soil on the edges of the um, row covers. So we hadn't looked at strawberries yet, um, uh -huh. but uh, ounce and a quarter row covers can theoretically protect at 22 degrees. So hopefully we'll be okay. Um, vegetables, on the other hand, uh, we've got some cabbage and kale and some other brassicas transplanted already that have been in the ground a couple weeks. And we did see some burn to the uh, older leaves on those, but the growing point appears to still be alive. So hopefully we'll be able to grow out of that damage. Kind of similar story with mustard and turnips. We do have some burned up foliage, uh, but again, the growing point appears to be alive still. So hopefully we'll, we'll grow out of that. Um, but we'll know more in the coming days about the strawberry crop. Yeah. Yeah, next week's field report will definitely have a lot more information on it. All right, Philip, how about in your area? How how things look this weekend? Well, everything was uh, mighty cold uh, on the <laughs> south end of the lake. Uh, one of my uh, weather stations was reading 20, 22 degrees uh, between uh, Saturday and Sunday. Um, so our berries were all covered, our strawberries were um, I had one grower that was able to uh, overhead irrigate his blueberries to for frost protection and encapsulate them very well. I haven't gone out there to see uh, the results of that protection yet, um, but I'm hoping that we'll see some berries that are still viable this year. Yeah. Um, my peach crop is probably looking a lot like the ridge right now. Um, I've got to make my way out there later in the week to kind of discuss some options with some growers as far as that goes as well. All right, thanks, Philip. Carrie, how about how about our apples in the upstate? Well, we're coming off a year where we got froze out um, in in the northern part of the upstate, so we're pretty we're pretty worried about this event this weekend um 
We ended up with a total of more than 20 hours below freezing in Long Creek um, and more than 12 hours below 25. So some of our varieties <clears throat> were um, in what's considered tight cluster. Some of those early varieties like Mutsu where uh, kind of the 90% kill at 30 minutes is at 21 degrees. Um, so we know there's going to be damage there, obviously. Um, but a lot of our varieties were either somewhere in the green tip or half inch green, which can sustain much lower temperatures. But it's that duration of time that is the unknown. So we're kind of waiting to see what happens. It'll take another week or two before we can really tell with them. Um, so we're hopeful for the apples. Um, we know there's going to be some damage on those earlier varieties that we're already pushing out. Um, the peaches that we do have, our early peaches are done. Um, they were in full bloom. Our mid-season peaches, are, it's not very promising. We might have some late peaches, I think. So, um, but we're, we're keeping our fingers crossed and saying all the right things and hoping for the best. Yeah. And um, Carrie was mentioning, there's a chart that we kind of go by um, and we put a link to that in our Friday's blog post about um, upcoming cold weather. And well, there's two different ones. There's one that Utah State University has and there's another one that Michigan State puts out. And it's just a handy little reference chart that, that like Carrie was saying, it has different temperatures for different stages of fruits. Um, that tells you those temperatures that would cause 10% or 90% damage to the crop. Um, but that's a good little reference that we use and it has some nice images on it too to kind of help um, determine what stage those fruit trees are in. Thanks, Carrie. Um, Bruce, I see you joined in. How did it look your way this weekend? Hey, Sarah, uh, pretty rough. It's um, the, um, you know, I had gotten out and, and really got in the field and trying to especially look at the, at the blueberries could just kind of see how far along that we are, that we were. And um, I mean, you know, we had, oh gracious, uh, Star, O'Neill, um, anything that, that was really just, just an early, early variety. I mean, it just, uh, uh, I, I know it got hammered. Uh, I mean, because un unfortunately, this you know, where I was uh, primarily looking, the uh, the grower was not able to to do frost protection uh, Saturday night, Sunday morning, and I mean, you know, his his winds uh, were basically, I mean, you know, they were eighteen to twenty gusts and a little higher than that, uh, right on up until early morning, and uh, the the wind finally, I mean, it, it when it finally started subsiding, it was like you know three, four in the morning. And so, I mean, it just did just worst case scenario uh, with, with him. So, um, or with that one particular one. So uh, expecting to see some, some pretty significant damage, uh, you know, uh, varieties like legacy, um, the old Croatans, the old Wilcox, things like that. They still look to be pretty good. Um, the, uh, the rabbit eyes, surprisingly, a lot of the rabbit eyes were, had really pushed on out. Climax, Premier, 
Uh, even Columbus. Columbus was probably, you know, 30% full open bloom. And so, I mean, you know, I, I imagine, you know, a lot, a lot of them sustained a pretty hard hit as well. Um, yeah, there were um, – yeah, the steel was sort of up in the air, you know, as far as whether uh, early pink stage, uh, late pink stage would have, uh, you know, really been able to to, uh, to handle that kind of cold. But but uh, I don't know. The, the jury's still out on that. We'll we'll be able to tell that a little bit later on this week. The um, so you know, <clears throat> basically, if you if you got blueberries, just keep an eye on them. Um, you know, watch watch out for them for you know for really for the next uh, three or four days. And uh, the the damage will show if it's there. They uh, so you know um, just kind of reiterate what uh, what Carrie had mentioned is just it was the duration of cold that we had. We didn't have as significant as, as what you know Carrie was seeing up, up there, but I mean we were still seeing you know below freezing temperatures for yeah you know, really for an extended amount of time uh, about eight nine hours. I mean which is you know pretty substantial. Um, so. Yeah, you know, un unfortunately, a lot of these growers, you know, the, they were asking this like, well, you know, I didn't I didn't irrigate last night or, you know, talking about Saturday night, Sunday morning. Should I irrigate and try to do freeze protection, you know, Sunday night and Monday morning? And, you know, and I, I had to tell them, you know, ideal conditions are ideal. You know, go ahead and try to try to protect what you can if, you know, if the temperatures do look like they're going to fall that far. So, mm -hmm. uh Strawberry growers, it sounds like a lot of them were able to cover up real good and, and keep their covers in place. So, um, But I'll, I'll be out a little bit later on this week and really start uh, start assessing things. All right, great. Thanks, Bruce. And Andy just joined in with us too. Andy, I know that we were kind of chatting a little bit um, Saturday, keeping up with the temperatures. What did it... Uh, end up looking like there this weekend it hit really low we got as low as 19 degrees even where we were running the wind machine all night at 4 30 in the morning but surprisingly i mean we're supposed to buy all the scientific charts we're supposed to have 90 percent loss or better and we're nowhere near that i mean we're we still have plenty of open blooms that are alive so i'm we estimated that's why i'm late getting on we were estimating uh, maybe 30% loss, but even to look at it, we don't even have that right now, even where we didn't run wind machines. Um, Strawberry-wise, we've got loss there. All of the blooms, the covers weren't able to do the the full job, so we got down to 20, 20 and 22 um, at a lot of those farms, and even with the cover, we were holding around uh, 26, 28, but all of the open blooms when we've uncovered parts uh, are gone, but it was still worth covering because the still protecting those type buds, you know, and we still got plenty of time to make more flower buds too. So not on peaches, but on strawberry course. But, so it was bad, it was horrible, but it wasn't as bad as really what it should have been technically with where we hit, so. Yeah, well, that's, well, that's good. Thank you for that little bit of a, Positive note. We appreciate that. It's a. I feel like it's a somber, uh, a somber day. But that was a good, good to know that it wasn't as bad. Um, and again, yeah, we're we're all hoping for the best that we go out and assess things this week. And um, you always hope that it's not as bad as it seems right now. So.
So I asked um, Dr. Juan Carlos Melgar to join in with us today to, um, again, I know it's way too early to kind of know exactly the type of damage, but um, I feel like every year we, we do have some kind of cold event. And Dr. Melgar, just what are some things that we should be looking for in these fruit crops? Um, you know, is there anything that we can do or just what can we expect with a weather event like this? Yes, it was, uh, well, I, I was following a couple of uh, weather stations, one that we have in Johnston uh, Ridge, another one here at Master Farm, our experimental farm, and pretty much the same as you were saying, um, that we got, um, we got below 32 degrees starting like about, uh, in Johnston was about 9.15 p.m. And it was until 9.30 a.m., so pretty much 12 hours. Uh, and we were below 24, at 24, or a bit below from 6.30 a.m. to 8 a.m., so an hour, an hour and a half. And as you were saying, these charts uh, are very useful, and they tell us that um, temperatures of uh, 24 Fahrenheit killed 90% post-bloom, and then all of it there was already post-bloom. Um, but our hope is that, you know, there is, enough uh, of, of those uh, flowers that were not open yet or, or slightly open that could hold some crop. You know, at least uh, the mid-season crop that is, the mid-season varieties that are the ones that are important. But um, it was similar, very similar here at Master, at our experimental farm. Um, it was a radiation, radiational freeze. So, I mean, at first we had wind, but when these low, low temperatures happened, uh, there was no wind, and so it was a cold air um, at the, that stays at the bottom or near the soil what, what is causing the problem. Uh, and yeah, we'll see, I mean, uh, we'll evaluate in a few days and see um, if those numbers match with what we see in the field, but, um, but it's what I would expect uh, it to happen, no? like the loss in the early varieties, hopefully not complete, but uh, still having crop in for the mid-season and late varieties. Yeah, this we had. I feel like the trees, the peaches at least looked really, um, looked really good and had a lot of blooms. So maybe maybe some of those um, the inside of the tree too. Some of those blooms weren't progressed mm -hmm. as far as um, as the others. So still some hope for that too. And, and I would say the problem, you know, it, it's, we always have the risk of having a freeze around this time. It's just the early blooming uh, that we had very good chill accumulation during the, during the winter this year. So they were fulfilled, like the chill requirements were fulfilled. Uh, but then we had these very warm days uh, recently, like we were reaching like temperatures in the seventies. And that's what speeded up the, the bloom so much that, I mean, other, if it had been different, like if it was uh, lower temperatures, like in the 60s or so, which is actually also ideal, ideal for pollination, uh, that's, that's what would have been normal and desirable. But uh, these uh, high temperatures speeding up, making everything bloom quickly, uh, is what make us be too ahead of yeah. time, right? Dr. Melgar, we've, we've made it through one cold weather event, but we've still got 
I mean, we've still got potentially another month where we could have some fluctuating weather and we have plenty of time where we could also have another cold event. Um, as far as plants recovering goes, um, is it, are they more likely to be damaged by having one cold event if we have another cold event or do they recover pretty quickly and one not affect the other as much? Yeah, it shouldn't. In fact, uh, what we always say here, here with our trees at Master, we see how um, when, a, when a freeze like this one's coming, but from a day or two ahead, it's that cold because it was pretty cold like the last couple of days or the two days before the freeze. It, it kind of prepared the plant a little bit. <laughs> um, uh, now what's damaged, what's killed is killed. Um, and on the other hand, the more advanced the stage, like if we have something that, you know, whatever has had survived this freeze um, and keeps growing more advanced stages of, uh, of, the, of the little fruits, the fruitlets, they're more, even more susceptible. I mean, it happens with the flowers, right? The, the bud is closed. I mean, the, before the bud opens, it's more tolerant or more persistent to, mm -hmm. to freeze. Uh, but the more advanced, uh, advanced the stage, the, the more susceptible it is. So later, the later the freeze, the more the more the risk, the higher the risk we have of, of greater damage. You know? So hopefully there are no more coming. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully we stay in the warm um, for all the crops. And then as far as cold damage goes, um, or freeze events like this. Can that affect pollination? Well, I mean, if, if the flowers kill, yes, for sure. Uh, now, if the if if the flower was not opened yet and it's still to open, and then that's what has happened shouldn't have an influence. Uh, the the more important parameter for those flowers would be uh, not having high too high temperatures now, like. Again, in the 60s, it's kind of like ideal uh, for maximum, like not going above 70 or 75. Like, I mean, some years we have had even close to 80 uh, in March. So that's what uh, would kill the pollen tube growth or would stop the pollen tube growth and, and would not pollinate properly. And that's when later you start, you know, when the ovary feels like the pollen is coming, it starts start to grow, but then because there is no pollination, that, that fruit that the little fruit drop. Uh, so hopefully we don't get now very warm temperatures all of a sudden. All right. So we just need to keep it seasonal and hope that <laughs> the weather stays just right. Um, but yeah, it's all it's all a waiting game. Yeah, if we could. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, um, thanks for those reports, everybody. And again, we'll be assessing all of these fruit crops and vegetable crops um, in the coming days. And we'll have, we'll have a report in our blog next week. I'm sure that'll have a little more details on what the damage is looking like. But if anybody has anything, any other closing comments from anybody? Well, thank y'all for joining in this morning. And tune in next time.